To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 120. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. Got my boy, Ramon, in here. What's up, Ramon? What's up, man? I'm excited to be here. Another chance to record. Uh, we've already had a pretty interesting week, uh, I would say, at least for, for us right now who are on this podcast. We had a couple of drafts, all that good stuff. Man, seeing a lot going on in the NFL landscape, some things college football-wise. So it's an exciting time, and I'm excited to record, man. Very excited to record. Definitely, definitely, man. Shout out to our boy, Los. He couldn't record with us today, so we're going to hold it down for him. In fact, he had to. He had a live draft, a live fantasy draft, so I'm excited to hear how that goes for him. But anyway, I'm glad you did bring up the drafts, man, because I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought we was friends. We've been knowing each other for over a decade, man. Oh, just about a decade. It is over a decade, man. It's over a decade, yeah. man. You did me dirty, man. Oh, I did Not only dirty. did you take Darnell Mooney once in the draft, <laughs> you took him twice. And that's after my piece on the podcast that I did about him last weekend, about last week, about him being a sleeper that I had my own, and you took him not once but twice, bro. What's up with that? I thought it was hey, cool, bro. Hey, man, we are cool, <laughs> but you know, when it came nah, we, down we to it, we cooler than cool, man. He's probably my brother, man. You took, <laughs> took him twice, man. Hey, it is like that, but brothers compete, though, man. And, <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm trying to add some rings, I'm trying to add some jewelry to that repertoire, man. And so, you know, at the end of the day, when I saw him sitting there, hey, what I gotta say is that in one of the drafts, we weren't that far apart pick-wise. So, you know, we had a particular round that we might get into in which you had an opportunity that you could have snatched him a few picks before, but you let him sit there, and I just had to go in and grab him. <laughs> because I didn't think anybody else was going to look for him, so I thought he was going to be there. I don't know what round that was. I wish I could remember. That was messed up, though. So without Darnell Mooney, then I try to trade for him. You won't even trade him to me. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, discussions are still open, man. You know, we, we, we had some candid trade discussions. I, I kind of told you what my head is, but hey, Mooney can still be on the block. You give me a good offer that I'm intrigued by. He, he can still be out there for your taking, man. Yeah, we'll keep the listeners posted on that. But for now, I didn't even want to come in here and do the podcast. I wasn't I wasn't really talking to you right now this week. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you that first draft, like I told you, though, just for the <laughs> listeners to know, that first draft, I told you that round, I was trying to get Lamar Jackson. I was trying to get Lamar Jackson that round, I believe it was. And you 
end up taking Lamar. So I had to do what I had to do a couple of picks like <laughs> You had to give me back, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, all fair, I guess, in love and war and fantasy, man. But uh, speaking of fantasy, man, we did have two drafts. So I guess the listeners kind of get a feel for how it went. But, you know, I'm going to ask you just for the listeners. We discussed it. But how you think that your two drafts went? We had two 12-team PPR league drafts uh, that took place this past week. I still have one more to go. I kind of cut it down. I did six last season, so I'm only doing three this year. Uh, but how you think your two went, man? We both share the same, uh, as you, as the listeners know now, we both share the same league. So how it go, man? Yeah, uh, I believe, man, that honestly, both of my drafts went pretty well. Uh, I believe that our draft for the opinionated bench warmers, I think that one went a little bit better. But honestly, I was able to get good value up top of the draft. I actually, funny, but I sat at the nine spot in both of the drafts. So uh, the draft that we actually had Sunday night, I was able to actually kind of use that as a little bit of practice for our draft that we had Monday night. Um, and really in both leagues, I landed with uh, a running back one. In one league, I landed with uh, Najee Harris in the first round. In another league, I landed with Dalvin Cook at that nine spot. And then in both of them, I got Stefan Diggs stock because he fell to me in both of the second rounds. Uh, in each of those drafts so I feel that in, in both leagues I'm pretty strong throughout I feel that I have a pretty balanced roster in both leagues uh, running through my roster pretty quickly and starting lineup in one league of Kyler Murray, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, uh, Najee Harris, <laughs> you to rub that one in. <laughs> <laughs> James Conner, Hunter Renfro, and Antonio Gibson uh, is one of my uh, starting lineups and in that league you don't have to have specifically a tight end in your starting lineup. So that's why you didn't hear me mention a tight end and you start three wide receivers. And then going to our OB league, um, I have Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback. I have Dalvin Cook and Dobbins as my two starting running backs. Uh, starting wide receiver wise, like I told you, I have the dig stock, uh, the Michael Pittman and uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, in addition to Dalton Schultz being a uh, starting tight end for me and two additional flex spots that I have are Darnell Mooney uh, <laughs> and uh, I have Damian Harris as well. So <laughs> I think I did pretty well in my drafts. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I got. You know, I know that there was a lot of buzz going on too in the middle of our draft about what you were doing over there, Rob. So I think it's only right for the listeners to know what you grabbed in our drafts because you had a lot of hype going on during our draft. Yeah, I don't pay attention to the hype, but, yeah, I mean, it, I got uh, Russell Wilson as my quarterback. I was able to snag him, and which I was very proud of because I think that a lot of people aren't really they, – they kind of forget about Russell Wilson. I mean, when you think about – when I think about Russell Wilson and why I wanted him on my team is because, first of all, he had a no-trade clause in his contract, meaning he had to sign off on wherever he went. Yeah. And he decided to go to Denver – so when you look at Denver, uh, Courtney, Cortland Sutton, you got Jerry Judy there. You got um, uh, Big O as the tight end, um, yep. Albert O. I mean, in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, I mean, you have the weapons there. Uh, I think that I don't think Russell would have chose to go there if they weren't going to let him let it rip. You know, uh, traditionally in, in uh, Seattle, you had Coach Carroll stuck in his ways. He loved to run the ball. He's a run first guy. But here you had to know that 
Wilson chose to go here, then he would be letting it rip. So uh, I was proud of getting Russell Wilson in our draft. And yeah, I was and able just to, to say really quickly, too, you got him in the ninth round. Like, yeah, that's what I was, was getting to. Yeah. yeah, was able to get him in the ninth round. So a lot of guys weren't really, you know, they weren't he wasn't on their radar. A lot of people's radar. And I, I think that Russell, any quarterback that's transitioning into uh, a different situation, rightfully so you'll be a little bit leery about it because I, I like Matt Ryan in the situation that he's in that's your that's your new quarterback and I think he's gonna have a good year and I think he's gonna elevate Mike Michael Pittman's performance which we'll get to a little later but I'll get to the rest of my team that was my reason behind him uh, I got Derrick Henry I was forced to take Derrick Henry I mean sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do like you know I had to, I was sitting there at the fourth pick and um Derrick Henry was there and I kind of was flustered though because I really wanted I really wanted Jettas. I thought Jettas was gonna fall to me, and that was gonna be my first choice. But Derrick Henry, I mean, he, he's ran for almost two thousand yards. Well, he has ran for two thousand yards back to back seasons. I want to say. So I he mean, he was on pace last year, and then I got he hurt. Yeah, but... he got it the, the year before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got it the year. Yep, yep, yep. He got it the year before and was on pace. Way he was on pace. To shatter that, I remember even discussing that on the podcast. He was going to exceed two thousand yards. So, I mean, Derrick Henry is a is a is a monster. But let me go back through. Then I had Nick Chubb. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, but then again, he is a home run pick. He is a guy that with a lot of volume. He's rushed for over a thousand yards for his previous three seasons. Um, he's he had eight touchdowns this past season and twelve before. He's had no less than eight since he's been in the league. Uh, he's not much value in a PPR as far as from a, a reception standpoint because he's not in the passing game. But who who knows? It could change now uh, with uh, with uh, Brissett and Deshaun Watson eventually playing. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to go through it. Uh, and then I had Mike Evans, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Deontay Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and then I had Chris Olave. I had to go grab him. Uh, but I got Justin Fields as my backup in case he decides to erupt, which I think he'll have a good year. So, uh, Ramon, if you want to trade to have that uh, Mooney Justin Fields stack, holler at me. Uh, but that's it. I, I mean, I got Isaiah Spiller. That's my rookie that I always do. I always take a rookie that could emerge. Um, that's just my thing that I like to do. Uh, he was pronounced today that he's healthy. So that's a good designation for him. So, he, you know, he's going to be going into the season fresh. And uh, not that I expect him to take over for Austin Eckler, but if there's injury, then that could be a monster pick. It, the Isaiah Spiller thing could really be real. Uh, but outside of that, I like Isaiah Spiller even coming out of college. Uh, he went to Texas A&M, and I, I've been a fan of him since, like, for about two years now. So, I mean, I, I've been watching him, keeping an eye out on him, and uh, I think he could have an impact. But, I mean, that's just a – a late pick that you don't lose anything for. I think I got him in like the 11th round or something like that. But I mean, I think the most interesting part is DK Metcalf and I'm going to flip it over to you, Ramon. I, I think I was torn with DK Metcalf, but I just felt like he was just, he's just too talented to pass up on. I, I don't know if you agree with me here. Uh, a lot of, of our listeners are going into their draft season. So, I mean, I think it's good for us to evaluate DK. He's losing Russell Wilson. Uh, his quarterback situation is not all that appealing with Geno Smith and uh, uh, who's who's behind Geno Smith? I think uh, like Drew, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke's behind him. Um, and I never been really a fan of Drew Locke, uh, but I mean, what, what do you what do you, what, what do we see here? I mean, he's <laughs> you know he had uh, 
Yeah, well, he had all just short of a thousand yards receiving last year. I think he was banged up last year as, as well. Did he? No, he played all seventeen yeah. games. Yeah, I don't know but what you, it was. But there. I they but, run a lot too. Yeah, but I still think what you have to look at with DK, like you mentioned, you have to look at the talent that's there. Uh, you have to look at the spot that you're able to get him. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think you got DK in the fifth round. Yeah, I got him correct, in the fifth round, which yeah. is insane value for DK Metcalf. And, and knowing that if he had a stable QB situation, you're looking at DK sliding no later than the third round, but people would look at DK as a second round type of talent. Like he's yeah, second, definitely. third round type of talent when you just look at what he actually just possesses um, as a receiver. And so, you know, really he's sliding because of that QB situation. Uh, but what I will say, even in looking at DK, you know, it was a little bit up and down last year, but he still had some good moments with unstable QB play last year. You know, Russell mm. Wilson ended up getting hurt. And um, you had a situation where he was relying on backups last year and he still had some some solid weeks. And so what I look at DK as right now is he's a solid wide receiver two for you. If you get DK Metcalf to be your wide receiver two, you're in a solid position for your team. Um, you're not looking at him to be a wide receiver one. You're going to look at him for value to be in that fourth and fifth round. But if he slides to that point, there's a point that you have to bet on the talent. Like there's a point that you yeah. can't just continue to let that talent slide. And yeah. so um, I have, like you mentioned, the mixed feelings with DK just because of the quarterback situation. But if there's somebody that can overcome a bad quarterback situation, it's a freakish athlete like DK that if you just get the, the ball in his hands, he still is liable to, to take it to the house, just getting well, it in his hands. I appreciate that, Ramon. I really feel much better now about that but yeah, yeah maybe that, i should have that, talked him down to lower his trade value as uh we enter these negotiations you sure did throw him in our first first trade negotiation of the year but we're not gonna mention that but uh yeah Ramon, that's what i was thinking with it and that's just advice to anybody in that situation i mean you have to go with the talent um and this is not with dk i got him in the fifth round and i took him in the fifth round because i'm like okay this guy is just an insane talent like we're talking about a top five talented if not top three talented wide receiver in our league so i mean with that you just have to take it i mean if the fifth round did i like it no but am i gonna pass on the talent no i'm not passing up on the talent so it kind of ties into the advice that we kind of gave the listeners last year last week when we told them hey sometimes you just have to go with the talent like you may have this great plan in place of who you wanted to take but Sometimes you get so caught up in your plan and you overthink things that you make a pass on somebody that is just pure talented. And that's what I took it. I'm always going to weigh on volume and talent. That's 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 the name of the game. I'm going to put myself and put my team in the best position to be successful. That's 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 your job as a fantasy manager. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with that. And those guys can become league winners for you. When you start to get guys that are falling ADP-wise and they're falling behind what their talent represents and you can potentially just take a, a risk and a shot on those guys, those can be pretty much the differentiators that decide, you know, if you make the playoffs and if you have a chance to win your league championship. So with DK Metcalf, and I look at your squad in particular, but just in general, with him being in that wide receiver two, even potentially wide receiver three range, you have to take a guy like that. And even on your roster, he can really play that role between wide receiver two or three because of what you have in Deontay Johnson as well. So just looking at a guy like DK, 
maybe wait on him a little bit. But if he's yeah. in that four or five range, you yes. got to take him. Yeah, you got to take, take him. him. Man, so that may brings up an interesting point here because I have Chris Olave on my roster. Um, do you have any rookies on your roster? Because typically yep. you don't take yeah, rookies, I don't think. This year Just I took three you. of them. Okay, okay. This year I took my chance on three rookies. And the reason why I did so. So, so before you get into it, the reason, give your reason, but. I kind of want to go into it like this. Where do you find go implement this into what you're about to say? But where where do you find it? Where would you take rookies? Do, when do you start taking rookies, especially wide receiver rookies? But when do you start taking rookies in the draft? Um, so for me, it's all about, you know, kind of really how I've evaluated them pre-draft. And when I say pre-draft, I'm talking about pre-NFL draft. So where do I classify their talent? Second piece of that is landing spot. So what do I view from a talent standpoint and how do I look at your landing spot? Whenever that is determined, then that determines kind of where I may look to start drafting you. For me personally, I like to wait more towards the middle of the draft to really start iron rookies that I'm going to take shots on. I know you have your occasional Jamar chases that that you know from day one just light up the league, um, but you but have that's a guy, rare. People got to understand rare. that's rare. Like the fact that Jettas and Jamar Jamar Chase did that back to back. They you have to remember they're on that twenty nineteen like best college football team yeah. that we've ever seen in life, LSU squad. So yep. that's rare. So that's rare. And so I I typically like to start looking at those guys middle um, middle to late in the draft. I would probably. Let's just say if I threw out just some names right now without going through all of them, but if I'm talking to a Drake London or if I'm talking to Garrett Wilson or guys along that line. Bruce Hall. Uh, okay. And and I, what I will say is it differs to me by position. I will take a running back, a rookie running back, higher than I would typically take a, a rookie wide receiver. So a guy like a Brees Hall, I'm looking at him and probably – the fourth round of drafts in this year, you know, maybe sliding into the third, but likely that fourth round range. If we're talking about a guy like Drake London, I'm looking at him anywhere from the seventh to ninth round, you know, taking him more so in that type of range. So it just, it just all depends. But like you said, I typically am not a big rookie guy, but this year You're I kind of changed my, yeah, my scope. I, we've been playing fantasy together for over 10 years again. And like, yeah, I know that about you. You like you you like those proven studs. Like you you always got them, man. But one thing, yeah, my my uh, I guess my strategy with rookies is the same. Uh, I remember when when Clyde came out, there was guys taking Clyde number one in the draft. Clyde Edwards, Elair, and we see how that's turned out. What was that twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty yeah. uh, fantasy year. They were taking Clyde. With me, rookies, is it's always a learning curve. And, you know, especially with receivers, like you look at Odell in the rookie year he had, and then you look at Jamar Chase, you look at Jettas in the year that he had. Like those are like probably like legendary. Like those will be benchmarks that are set for years to years on end. Like we're going to be 10 years from now talking about, oh, such and such just broke this. You know, this has had been done since, you know, uh, Jamar Chase, like that's how special that he, that was. But with me, I, I think that I, I never felt comfortable taking him. But I mean, a guy like Brees Hall uh, for the New York Jets. I mean, I think that 
you're not gonna you're not gonna get him late. I mean, I think that the latest I've seen him goes maybe the fourth or fifth round, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, I think rightfully so. When you look at that backfield, I don't think Michael Carter can compete with him with carries. I mean, that's just me. I mean, yeah. I think Michael Carter is talented, but he's not Brees Hall. So I think barring injury, I think that's pretty much Brees Hall's uh Brees Hall's backfield, which can be to an advantage of you because it's all about volume. So if you if you can get a RB one for your team, not RB one fantasy overall, but if you can get an RB two on your team in the sixth round, I think you win it. You know? Yeah, no, I, definitely. Ultimately, like you said, Brees, you know, I don't see him falling past that fourth, maybe fifth round. And, you know, he compares it's just from a measurable standpoint and how he was evaluated prior to the draft. He um, compares comparably to a, a Jonathan Taylor um, and two running backs of that type of caliber. So I think he's a heck of a guy. What I would say with rookies as well, too, is take your time as far as evaluating them, as far as even throughout the course of the season. I grab these guys. I'm not going to be looking to just get rid of them really quickly. Oh, you're just um, talking to me, Ramon. <laughs> you're talking I'm, to me. I'm just, I'm just saying in general because I, I do know a particular situation, and, and this is not you that I'm calling out and mentioning. But uh, in Justin Jefferson's rookie season, we had somebody that drafted Justin Jefferson very late in the draft. Justin Jefferson didn't start off the season well, and uh, he ended up getting dropped after week one or week two. And then Lowe's ended up picking him up, and that ended up being a league winner for Lowe's because he got Justin Jefferson off the waivers, which I put in a claim to, and I'm still upset to this day that I didn't get him. But I caught you that. We was playing five, right? Uh, We was playing fab. Yeah, Yeah. so you you didn't want to drop the bank on him. I remember that. Lowe's (laughs) dropped dropped the bag on him. Yeah, yeah. So I just caution you that, too. Don't don't look at just the start of rookies, too. Once you do get them on your team, give them a couple of weeks to settle into the league. And then, you know, kind of go and evaluate from there. Yeah, good stuff, man. I think that we can transition, man. We're going to wrap up our, I guess, our fantasy segments because this will probably be the last episode before the last wave of drafts. I know a bunch of drafts are coming up, man. Let's do some, I guess, some, uh, what they call it, roundtable discussion type stuff. You know, yeah. let's let's act like we're in a draft and we're putting a scenario between two players. It, and just a disclaimer, you may not be in this exact same situation, but you can take the players that we use and then use like or valued, like valued players and kind of determine how you're moving the draft. So, you know, did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, cool. that, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of a I'm on the clock. Who am I taking? Either or type of thing. Yeah. So let's go through some, man. You're in a situation. You're on the clock. Uh, what's the first situation? Uh, let's go. Um, you're on the clock and you have to decide between Kyle Pitts and Mike Evans in the third round. Now, keep in mind, Kyle Pitts in most drafts is going as high as the second round uh, for obvious reasons. He's the only talent there besides Drake London. So we expect him to have a huge year. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Beast. Over 100 targets past two seasons. Double digit touchdown back to back season. Tom, that's Tom Brady's guy. So what would you do? Uh, if I'm sitting on the clock, first of all, it depends on what kind of draft I'm in. So am I in a dynasty league or am I in a redraft league? Uh, I think we're just going to preface this by let's being a redraft. Do, yeah, let's just that's do what redraft. Most, yeah, that's, that's what I'm most listeners uh, do. Uh, in a redraft league, um, ultimately, it's kind of dependent a little bit on what I took in the first two rounds. But choosing out of the two, 
I'm taking Mike Evans. Uh, I do feel that going into this season, when I look at uh, the way things are uncertain with uh, Chris Godwin coming back from injury from the ACL, with Julio, we don't know what is left of Julio or who he really is. You do have Russell Gage over there. He's on my roster. I should build up his trade value, but honestly, on the podcast, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> and so and so, pretty much you have Mike Evans that's uh, in an offense in which Tom Brady threw anywhere from 45 to 50 touchdowns, somewhere around there, that mark, or, or 40-plus touchdowns. I would say 40-plus touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, obviously Mike Evans is going to eat in that offense. And I believe that that's more stability having Tom Brady than having Marcus Mariota. And so I'm going to, in that particular spot, have to take Mike Evans overtaking Kyle Pitts in a redraft league. I agree. I agree. I think for all the reasons you said, I don't even have to repeat it. I actually did it. So <laughs> I was in that scenario and I did it. So you obviously know how I feel. Right. Go to the next one. Which one you got? Which one you got? Right? Uh, I would say, man, you're sitting on the clock and you're trying to figure out who your quarterback is going to be. And you sit there and you have Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts sitting there. What round? Uh, I'm saying hypothetically, this is the sixth round in the draft. Fifth or sixth round, either one you want to say. And you're sitting there and it's Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts there. That's tough. That's tough. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. And I'll tell you why. Jalen Hurts, just his, I guess, you know, his running ability, man. It's just like he he can run the football and he's very extremely athletic. They just got A.J. Brown in there. I know they shipped off Jalen Rager, uh, but, you know, he still has Devontae Smith. So, I'm gonna go Joe Burrow though. <laughs> I'm trying to talk myself. Yeah, I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. I mean, not only is he an LSU Tiger, I'm an LSU Tiger. Um, but you look at what he did. He led his team all the way to the Super Bowl last year. Um, I think that he he's spreading the ball around. He has a bunch of talent to throw to. Jamar Chase is a beast, top five receiver in the league right now, if not top three. Um, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, Joe B. Man, I respect it. I respect it. Well, what about you? Uh, if I'm going, I actually had this decision to make, like you faced the other one, and I actually <laughs> went Jalen Hurts, man, and I wow. I went Jalen Hurts due to the rushing upside, um, yeah. and, and that's really was was the separator there with the rushing upside, and with knowing too that the weapons that he now has surrounding him, as you mentioned, you laid them already out: AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You know what he has in the backfield. I just feel like he's positioned to take another step. And the rushing ability to me gives him even upside to be a Q, the QB one of this season potentially. So, yeah, I'm not mad. At it. I don't think you go wrong with either one. To to be honest with you, um, so the next one we'll do. Um, let's see. I had a good one for you. If I can pull it up. Uh okay, okay. You actually came up with this, uh, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, you want me to? You want me to take it? Yeah, man. I, yeah. Should I let you take it? I got <laughs> right. you. A coach, man. They feel so like I'm gonna be a homer on this. One, yeah, so. man. But I mean, go ahead, man. I, I'll take Michael Pittman as well. But you can go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm taking Michael Pittman from the standpoint um, of in that offense. He's clearly the wide receiver one. And you look at as far as his competition for targets. Um, you looking at some uncertainties there. Paris Campbell. You haven't had anything to show that he's going to consistently be healthy. 
Alec Pierce is a guy that's, you know, a rookie that has some potential upside. Um, and then you look at, you know, pretty much your other weapons coming from the tight end position. So he was, you know, uh, a wide receiver, I think 15 overall in fantasy football last year. And that's with Carson Wentz having one of the uh, lowest rates for actual like catchable passes. Um, and so I just believe that targets will increase. He's going to be getting uh, Matt Ryan is going to be more accurate. And so I just think that Michael Pittman's stock is kind of going through the roof. And T. Higgins has to obviously compete with Jamar Chase. And not only that, but Tyler Boyd as well for targets. So that's my reason of going with Michael Pittman. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, Michael Pittman is talented. Um, um, I hate that I couldn't get him on any of my squads, but uh, it is what it is. And I think Matt Ryan, uh, he's one of those quarterbacks I've said on plenty of podcasts is Matt Ryan is in that uh, Drew Brees and then Matthew Stafford uh, category as to when they find their guy, they love their guy. And I think Michael Pittman will be his guy this season. Um, so uh, moving around, man, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard and uh, Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt. Now, Kareem Hunt was involved in a trade request that he made. Uh, hadn't happened yet. Um, he was looking for a contract, didn't get it. I don't know what's happening with their money. I don't see any reports. I mean, have you seen anything about that? No, I haven't seen anything about it either, honestly. I mean, I don't think he has that type of clout to really be able to say, hey, get me out of here. Like, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I took Kareem Hunt, as mentioned earlier. I got I took Kareem Hunt because when I get a, a stud running back, I, I'm the strong. I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm a strong believer in cuffing the the running back like if I can and I know that there's a talented running back behind like if I take Dalvin Cook I'm taking Alex Madison are you like that uh I'm not as much like that like I have had to move more in that direction recently just because of what Christian McCaffrey has done to me and he scarred me <laughs> but I, I'm starting to move more in that lane yeah yeah but yeah I'm so I'm with it so so let's get to it man we we got we got we got Tony Pollard probably, and Kareem Hunt. Who you taking uh, if you're on the call? I would probably in this situation, I probably take Tony Pollard. Uh, and the reason why I would probably take Tony Pollard is that when I look at that offense uh, specifically, I look at the situations that they're in. Uh, I believe that the Dallas offense is a little bit more obviously stable than what they have going on in Cleveland uh, with the difference of QB play. I do believe that Tony Pollard has a chance to be uh, even more involved in that passing game as they're figuring out their passing weapons there. We know that CD is going to be the number one wide receiver there. We know the role that likely Dalton Schultz will play at tight end. And then everything else really target wise is up in the air. You know, you have the rookie Jalen Tolbert that I think is going to be a nice addition there. Uh, Michael Gallup once he comes back but for especially the early part of the season you may see Tony Pollard uh, take some of those targets especially if they have situations where they put you know he and Zeke on the field together and so I just believe that his situation is just a little bit better right now than Kareem Hunt's situation uh, and so that's that's why I would have to go Tony Pollard man yeah again I'm gonna have to disagree with you I, I take Kareem Hunt um, but I, I do agree with you, Tony Pollard. Obviously, we expect his role to increase even more than last year. We saw what Zeke looked like last year. <laughs> so, I mean, at, at some point we have to admit, but I don't feel like he's going to outright get shut down just because of what he was paid a couple of years ago. But I'll go Kareem Hunt. Uh, we saw Kareem Hunt could even carve himself out fantasy relevance 
with Nick Chubb being healthy, which is hard to do pretty much. Like you really could use Kareem Hunt as a legitimate RB2 on your squad if you if you want to. And I feel like he will have a bigger role this year as well. But, you know, if you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I mean, even if you got him like in my situation, there may be a lot of games I'm not a huge fan of, but there may be a lot of weeks where I play those guys together. And won't think about it if I want to throw Kareem Hunt in my in my flex. Well, he can give me eleven or twelve points. That's what you want out of your flex. So, um, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a night. I'm, I'm all in on Kareem Hunt this year, and, and what he his ability to do and how effective he was last year. And I only think it'll get even better uh, this year. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm just rolling with Kareem Hunt this year, man. I respect it. I respect it. I respectfully so, disagree, but I respect it. <laughs> so here we are now. So there's a couple few guys that you probably wait on late in drafts that you're looking at that people will forget. And, you know, maybe you want to share this story. Uh, I'll share mine. I think a lot of people forgot about Michael Gallup. And uh, prior to his injury roles, he was getting over 100 targets. And that was with uh, – he had one season with 100 targets with uh, – Golly, uh, with Amari Cooper, yeah, I remember with Amari Cooper on the field and CD Lamb. So, I think that I mean, Michael Gallup, I, I know he's injured as, as of now, but uh, they, they moved him off of the physically un- unable to perform list, which is huge. So, he'll be going into the season, uh, with, with just a questionable tag, which, which is good. Um, but more importantly, he didn't end up in a list on the list where he has to sit out for a week. So, we know that he'll be. Uh, on the field somewhere in between one to four weeks. But I think because of that, a lot of people shied away from taking them. And I can tell them I got them in both drafts, in both my redraft leagues, because I'm like, man, if you're going to keep letting them fall down to this to this uh, round, I'm going to snag them up. But that's that's what I'm talking about, the type of player that you take a risk and it's worth it. Yeah, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm mad at myself twice uh, because I'm going to just be honest. I did forget about Michael Gallup. I uh, forgot about him, honestly, in our first draft that we had. And as soon as you took him, I was like, man, like, how did I forget about Michael <laughs> Both <Gallup>? times. <laughs> and, no, and, and I'm literally about to say, I literally did the same thing the, the next night. I'm like, man, how did I forget about Michael Gallup again? Like, literally back to back, you did that in our drafts. Um, so yeah. he's definitely. Uh, definitely tenth round. Got him in yeah. the tenth round. Snagged so, him. I mean, Snagged I mean, him really it, late. And that could be a league winner for me. And then that's a redraft league as well. So the next year I have an advantage. But, you know, just if you can get a guy like that in the 10th round that has that wide receiver two talent on your squad, that is that is depth that you need. So what are some other players? I know in this scenario, probably it would lean into you being in a redraft. I mean, I'm sorry, a redraft keeper league, which meaning for the listeners that don't know what a keeper is, of course, it means that. Uh, whoever you draft that first year, you can elect to keep one. Uh, the commission can make it one or two players up to three or four. But in our case, it's just it's just two. I mean, it's just one. Uh, but whatever you lose his you'll lose his draft position that you drafted in the previous year. So meaning if you draft somebody in the 12th round, you decide to keep them. You only lose a 12th round in that next year's draft. So tell us about a guy that you may have forgot besides Michael Gallup. Uh, a guy that I forgot that honestly won't I'm going to say two situations Uh, one that it won't impact this season and then I'll share one that will impact this season potentially Uh, so a guy that I forgot about that's great for a keeper pick 
Um, if you really to just punt on him this year and put him in your uh in your IR slide is Calvin Ridley and catching him late. Uh, Lowe's hit us with the okie doke in our uh, league and actually mm-hmm. got Calvin Ridley in the final round of the draft uh, just to stash him for next year. So Lowe's will give up a 15th round pick for uh, Calvin Ridley. For a second like, round talent. Yeah, First going into talent. next year. So so that's, you know, insane. Um, I would say a guy that's going to slide off radars because he's not on a team right now, but I anticipate that he will get on a team and still will have a presence kind of how he did for the Rams last year, is Odell. Odell is a guy that, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to obviously light it up for you early off in the season as he figures out where it's going to be his landing spot. But I think he's a guy that you grab him in that 14th, 15th round and just stash him uh, while he's sitting there. He's a guy that can play dividends for you later off in the season. Um, I believe a guy like Robert Woods is probably being forgotten about Mm -hmm. by people. Uh, I snagged him in one of our leagues. Yeah, uh, he's been forgotten about by people uh, because of the injury that he sustained last season and then the change of scenery, as you even mentioned, with a guy like Russell Wilson earlier, uh, Robert Woods actually heading from L.A. to Tennessee. Uh, He's a guy that, you know, may have slid off of people's radar that has an opportunity for a big-time target share there in Tennessee uh, because when you look at it with A.J. Brown leaving, I mean – it's wide open over there from a wide receiver standpoint. So um, those are a few guys. I think that Robert Woods is probably the one that you want to snag the most out of that bunch. But if you're also planning to keep a league and you're willing to take a punt for a year, grabbing Calvin really or somebody like Odell even late isn't bad as well. Yeah. And it's all about keeping that advantage. So, uh, you know, as you're going into, as you listeners are going into your uh, redraft leagues or whatever it may be, keeper dynasty, whatever, just take this advice. Always look for how you can get the edge. And you're right. Lowe's got that edge with that Calvin Ridley stash. So um, I think we're wrapping up. You don't have anything else for mine on this. I think we're wrapping up our uh, fantasy squad, man. We uh, say good luck to all our listeners. Uh, if you do want to, just tweet out to us, O underscore bench warmers, or DM us, opinionated bench warmers. Just email your uh, DM us your squad. Let's look at it, man. Let's, right. Let us see what we got. Last thing that I would say, just one more to tip if you are playing keepers just because we brought it up if you're playing keepers and this is specifically if you're on that swing as far as having the number one pick or having the the 12th pick or 10th pick whatever is the bottom of that always take the guy that you prefer in the later round so if you sit there and you are at that 12 slot and you are picking 12th and 13th Take the guy that you like more at 13 than 12 because that value for the next year is going to be greater because then you will give up a second-round pick for a guy that you actually valued as a first-rounder. So that's just a just random note to just drop out there as people head into their drafts from a keeper standpoint. Yeah, that's some good stuff, man. Listen to the man. That's some good stuff, man. But we couldn't be – we would be amiss. If that's the word. Remiss. 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 <laughs> We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the start of college football, which kicks off as we're recording this on tomorrow night. Uh, we'll actually be releasing this episode. You'll probably hear this Friday, but we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. So with college football kicking out, we will discuss LSU and Florida State, Ramon. So we can't say that that's going to be the matchup that we look forward to most. Uh, but which college Matchup, are you looking for the most before we talk about our LSU Tigers and the excitement we have? 
Uh, so as far as like looking at matchups and choosing kind of what really sticks out, uh, I think you have to say the Ohio State and Notre Dame game. I mean, yeah. that is a top five matchup um, in which we are seeing a former Ohio State player and himself, Marcus Freeman, take the leadership as being the head coach of Notre Dame and going, like I said, against his alma mater. Uh, we've seen, you know, honestly, how Notre Dame has not performed the greatest so much in big time uh, premier top five matchups. But you come into this season, very excited to see what Ohio State has from their standpoint. And C.J. Stroud being, to me, the best player in college football or at least the best quarterback, in my opinion. You look at the weapons and uh, Jackson and Nigba Smith, um, as well as uh, having Marvin and Harrison uh, junior on that roster and then what they have in that backfield like Ohio State is loaded uh, there's going to be a lot of NFL talent out there and I'm excited to see you know defensively what's going to be the identity of that Notre Dame team now them having a head coach that is a defensive-minded head coach how do they come out and try to defend that high-powered Ohio State offense so if I'm looking at a matchup outside of what we said Texas uh, outside of LSU playing Florida State, I'm looking at that um, Ohio State-Notre Dame game. I'm looking at Oregon and Georgia. That's a, an 11-3 uh, matchup. I think I'm looking forward to that one uh, just because that's probably the most interesting matchup besides the one you just mentioned yeah. on, on the docket for week one. Um, but, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, they Oregon hasn't announced the quarterback yet. They're waiting until – I don't know what they're waiting on. But I guess that's just a trend that's yeah, going through college football. Right. That they're not announcing who the starting quarterback is, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Georgia, just seeing how they're going to come out. Uh, they're the number three squad in the nation. Uh, very talented squad led by Curry Smart. I just want to see how they're coming, how they come out. I think it has huge implications for how they'll look uh, going forward to, toward the season. But I mean, I think that's, that's probably the best match, best, better matchups on the league. And then I kind of got my eye on Utah uh, versus Florida. That's another good one that I'll probably keep my eye out on. Uh, just to see if Florida can make an upset. Um, but, you know, that's what I'll be doing. But mainly what I'll be doing this weekend, Ramon, is watching football all day. Uh, uh, I'll let you lead off the LSU Florida State. They'll be playing in New Orleans. You take it away. Yeah, man. LSU Florida State going to be a big-time game. Um, I'm excited about it because as we talk off-air, offline, I will actually be in the building. So I will be able to witness it firsthand. Uh, but it's two programs that have a big time storied history, two of the, the best programs in the history of college football who have somewhat fallen on hard times in recent seasons. <laughs> uh, you look at two teams, I think that both of them were five and seven last season. Uh, so both teams finishing under 500. Um, and you look at two uh, programs as far as them being under Mike Norvell, who's uh, moving um, and trying to change the direction of that program. And you look at Brian Kelly coming into LSU and trying to shift course and bring LSU back to prominence. Uh, I think you look at two pretty talented rosters, obviously just the bias of being an LSU fan. I think that LSU is a little bit more talented than Florida state going into this game. Uh, we do know that Florida state has the, a little bit of an advantage because they say that you uh, grow the most as a team from game one to game two. And they have already had a game under their belt in playing Duquesne in, in week zero. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. LSU fans really want to see who is that starting quarterback going to be. Uh, we all have some suspicions of who it will be out of Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. 
Jake Daniels. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we knew but, this when he transferred over from Arizona State after being a starter for two years. Come on, you're not going to transfer two years after being a starter unless you wasn't guaranteed to be a starter. Whatever. Whatever. Yep. So, it's getting ridiculous with these quote-unquote quarterback battles, but I'm not going to get on my high horse. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. But like you said, I mean, we pretty much kind of know what direction it's going to go in. And it's two proud programs that, you know, are really trying to raise and get back to prominence. And so that's the storyline of it. LSU's defense should be really good this year. One of the best D-lines in the nation. Linebacker play is solid. Secondary, you're putting pieces together who have not ever really been together. So seeing how they can gel really quickly. Um, and so that'll be the, the tale of it, you know, always some some missing parts and some moving parts from an offensive line standpoint that you'll have to have an eye on from LSU standpoint. But Florida State doesn't come into the game with the best offensive line either. And that LSU defensive line, I think, will feast on that. And so, you know, I, I kind of believe that LSU will have the advantage, but maybe that's me wearing my purple and gold glasses. So just a little <laughs> bit of an outlook. They look good on you, brother. They look good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you said everything there is to say about that. Go Tigers, of course. Um, I, I find it odd, man. We do this every year. We always end up picking a team that plays in week zero. We did that last year when we played USC, didn't we? Uh, UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we did that, and, and we lost. Yep. Like, this is not a good formula for us, obviously, but we do it again. So, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Florida State is a better team than they was last year as far as talent-wise. So we'll see. It should be a good matchup. I'm expecting uh, a lot of sloppiness on LSU's end because it's their first game. Uh, hopefully Florida State doesn't take advantage of it, being that they did play last week. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I'm expecting a good game. I'm in it. I'm enjoying it up here in D.C. Uh, and just, you know, watch it on my TV and uh, cook something good, so cook some good food and uh, relax and watch it. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm on. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, so for all the football fans out there, I hope that you enjoy it. The NFL starts a week after that, but at least until then, we have some real football to go off of. So uh, good luck to everybody on their fantasy drafts upcoming. This should be the last wave, and I hope that all the football fans out there enjoy their football because I know I will. I'll be watching it from from tomorrow. I go to work, come home Friday night. <laughs> so uh, I'll be pretty tied up this weekend. So don't hit my phone, you know, but we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Appreciate you for listening and hanging with us. Like you have, make sure that you're following us on O underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, subscribe to the podcast or peanated bench warmers on any platform that you decide to listen to this on whether it be Stitcher, Apple podcast or Google podcast until next time we're going to get on, go ahead and get out of here. Later.